You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh, broadcast live to air on Edge Radio 99.3 FM and proudly sponsored by LFG Australia. The Dice Men Cometh! Well, it's not often that we get political here at The Dice Men Cometh, but before we get into the show of talking about board games, card games, role-playing games, all sorts of other games tonight... I thought I'd just mention this. Ukraine is not yet dead, nor its glory and freedom. Luck will still smile on us, fellow Ukrainians. Our enemies will die as the Jew dies in the sunshine. And we brothers will live happily in our land. That's... uh. It's a verse from the Ukrainian National Anthem That's there. their National Anthem. Yeah. I mean, that's either badass or extremely depressing. Uh, look, you know, Leon, because you're here with me, I so wanted to find a heavy metal version, uh-huh. but I couldn't. But yes, uh, well, let's hope that Ukraine's enemies will die yeah. as the Jew dies in the sunshine. Indeed he do. And we're just going to make sure from little old Tasmania all the way on the other side of the world that we're going to do our part. We're going to go around to our friend Carl's place. We're going to grab his copy of Russian Railroads, throw it in the bin, and just to be safe, punch him in the face. Because <laughs> that's how we roll. And well, here we are, Leon, you and I, because yeah. Garth just can't be bothered or he's in isolation, one or the other. I mean, once every two weeks we have to come here, and I've been working like non-stop, but yet I'm still here. He's got no excuse. And uh, it's uh, episode 325 of The Dice Men Cometh. As we mentioned, I'm Mark and you're Leon. That is indeed true. And we talk about board games, card games, role-playing games, all sorts of fun that can be had on, above, under, below, or in a table. Indeed. Tonight, Leon. Yes. We're going to talk about... Games. We are. We're going to talk about three of them, because without Garth here to ruin the Atmos, we're going to be efficient and actually get to what people want to hear about, which is us talking about games. And which games are they, Leon? Well, we're not going to spoil what they are. We're just going to say that the first one is tiny, Mm. some might say. The second one is massive, and the game that I thought would bring the Dice Men back to the studio, Mm. even if we weren't planning on coming back to the studio. Mm. So that was a big one. And then the final one is the party game of last year, I'd like to say. Yeah. So we're going to get to that very, very soon, and it's going to be good. So we'll let you do into a little bit of song, and then we'll be right back after this. I'm John from Queensland. You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh. And Leon really is that good looking in real life. You're what's golden in this rotting world! Uh, that is what's golden in this rotten world. Here with the Dice Men Cometh on Edge Radio 99.3. And that was, Leon, Yep. a song called Rotten. Is it Dice Lord? No, uh, Dick Lord, I think Dick you'll find Lord. it. Dick Lord. Uh, dedicated to our good friend Garth listening at home. <laughs> uh, a bit of Dick Lord there with Rotten just to kind of get him through the night. Fantastic. Now, Leon. <laughs> yes, sir. You've been playing a game. I've been playing a game. We've been playing a game. In fact, yeah. we played this game a couple of times. Indeedy do we did. It might have been a little while ago mm. because we didn't know when we were going to get around to talking to it. But tonight is the night. So, in all earnestness, as we do, it's the year 3030. 
That's a long way away. Mate. Yeah, I'm really old by then. Yeah, absolutely. And technology offers humankind unimaginable entertainment. What used to be virtual reality is now reality. And sports that once occupied your flat screen now occupies the world stage. Once every five years, hundreds of millions of viewers tune in to witness the spectacle that is mechs. Mechanised entertainment combat heroes. <laughs> Lovely work there, Mark. There you go. So Tiny Epic Mechs uh, by Gameland Games. That is certainly it. And in this Tiny Epic new game that's just come out, players take on the role of highly skilled and athletic mech pilots that compete in a free-for-all battle royale over the span of six rounds. In each round, players will program their action. That's right, it's a programming game. Probably why Garth isn't here tonight. <laughs> He's given himself isolation so he doesn't have to talk about a programming game. Uh, and then they execute them. It features item meeples or... And no, that is item meeples. That's correct. Itemaples. Itemaples. Yeah. With plastic molded power armor and a mech suit that your itemable can actually go inside <laughs> of. So as you said, it is a one to four player game. Uh, from what I've read and what we've experienced, four players is where you want to have oh, it yeah. at. About an hour long, and as you said, by Mr. Scott Arms of Gameland Games and the Tiny Epic series. Which this is going to be. What are they in double figures by now? They're well, going to be close to it. It's funny you should ask. Oh, because excellent. in alphabetical order, of course, we have Ooh. tiny epic defenders, tiny epic dinosaurs, tiny epic dungeons, tiny epic galaxies, tiny epic kingdoms, tiny epic pirates, tiny epic quest, tiny epic tactics, tiny epic western, and tiny epic numbers, and a partridge in a pear tree. That is excellent. That's. That's 11, including Tiny Epic Mechs. That is 11. Do you own any of them, Mark, or do you just leave that to me? Uh, no, and look, how many have I played? I think I've played most of them. I've not played Defenders because I've not heard good things, yeah. but that was like one of their first ones. Yeah. So, yeah, I, must, I think I've played most of them. I own Tiny Epic Zombies, which yep. is good. I own Tiny Epic Western, which is good. Tiny Epic Dungeon is turning up any day now. Ooh. Some of our listeners have probably already got that to the table. We're happy to hear how that's going for you. Uh, and... We played this, Tiny Epic Mechs, although I do not own it. Although after I played it, I was considering it. Well, and our friend Joel, also yes. on your recommendation, went out and bought it, and I played it again with him. Well, there you go. Yeah. I played Tiny Epic Galaxies. Yes. Um, Tiny Epic Pirates. Was that the one you sold, basically? I think we went, we, we, set it, it? we set it up to play it one yeah. night, read through the rules, and yeah. just kind of went, meh. And then yeah. we ended up playing the party game that we're going to talk about later <laughs> for like an hour and yep. near soiled ourselves with laughter. Yeah, and so Dungeons is the one that you've got arriving shortly? Yes, Dungeons is the ones. It is like a dungeon crawl, yeah. but in a small box. It's which... currently number six on the BGG hotness, yeah. Tiny Epic Dungeons. So it. tell us, Leon, tell us a little bit more about Tiny Epic Mechs. All right, so in this game of mechs, like I said, you've got uh, your little arena in front of you, which is separated into different cards, different zones or sectors, if mm. you will. So as I said, it's a programming game. Now, that is the thing that puts off quite a lot of people. So like I said, Garth is not a big fan of them, but I do think the programming in this game is quite well, maybe because the game is relatively simple or the fact that it fits the theme that you're in mechs and whatnot much like mechs versus minions where it makes sense for it to be a programming game so you'll get four four cards you'll place them down face down in front of you and then you will resolve them one at a time so you'll go then someone else goes and so on and so forth and they're relatively simple actions. You've got things like movement, which speaks for itself. You move to a certain square. But mm -hmm. they're special kind of movements. Like one of them is a double jump. So if somebody's got something really rotten in front of you, like a turret or a mine or even themselves, you can jump on over them. There's also one that does the, the dreaded and unheard of and unspeakable in a board game, diagonal <gasps> move. 
I know. Very few games let you do that, even mm. with a special power. So you can move pretty much everywhere you need to. Uh, you can collect resources. Uh, there's two different resources in the game. There's energy, which you use to power your weapons, and then there's credit, which you use to buy weapons and other things of that nature. Uh, there is an action where you can purchase new things. You can purchase basic weapons and you can purchase advanced weapons. When you're just a little dude running around the map, you can only use the basic ones. But once you get on that snappy little mech suit that you put yourself into, you can then get some advanced weapons. And if you're lucky enough to get into the middle of the playing field you can get yourself the big big mighty mech mm. which you can hold four advanced weapons because you're just a giant killing machine and look one of the things i loved about this game right off the bat is you start in your little plastic meeple mm -hmm. that's great because you know wooden meeples are so Oof. 1979 yeah you then get into a plastic mech suit that actually fits around your meeple yes that's perfect. cool but if that's not enough, you then get into this, what's it called? The Mighty Mech Suit. Yeah. Huh? It all fits together. It, it just adds to the theme that you're not only just moving stuff around, you're not just going, oh, look, I have a card that now says I have this weapon, or I have a card that now says I have this suit. You get the suit. You put the weapon in your little meeply hand, and you wave it around, or you shoot it, or whatever. Yeah, like I said, as you so elegantly put it, with these item mipples. Mm. Um, yeah, every single weapon in this game that you can get is actually a little plastic thing that you can snap onto your dude, yeah. and they hold it, and it looks awesome. Yeah. So they've done very, very smart to come up with that system. It really adds to the fun. Yeah. I mean, it, to be fair, it is kind of coming to the end of probably Meeple's popularity in board games these days, that they've come up with that brilliant idea, but still... Kicking a bit of, you know, life into the old girl doesn't hurt at all. Well, I guess the thing is, you know, if you wanted to make this game a $250 mega Kickstarter, yeah. then you could have a great big plastic mini and put on a great big plastic mini set over the top and another great big plastic mechy, maxi, yeah. mini mechy thing over the top of that. But then you make it one of these mega mini games, which... You're competing against so many other things. This thing just comes in a tiny little box. Yeah, the entire tiny little meeples. The entire point of the tiny epic line was always, yeah, it's a experience of a hundred dollar board game in this little box you can take with you anywhere. But every single game they've ever released, people have said the same thing that oh, I wish this was bigger. Mm -hmm. You're like, do you not get the p yeah. okay? And then eventually they did release. Um, uh, was it Air, Land and Sea? I think it's called. I can't yes. remember which we played once. It is a big tabletop taking up type of game. And everyone loved it and went, thanks for doing that. <laughs> and then they just haven't done it since, even though that was successful. But I digress. Uh, you can also power up, which is where you can get yourself into your power armor. Or you can use that time to heal yourself because you're going to take a few knocks in this mm. game. That's for sure. So uh, they're the different things that you put down. And as I said, it's a programming game. So hopefully you get them all in the right order. Because if not, you're going to be in a bit of trouble. Oh, also, the one other thing, sorry, that you can do is you can place turrets and mines. Oh, yes. So you're going to put them down because they're going to score you those sweet old victory points. Because this isn't just a game about shooting lots of stuff. This is a game about getting points as well, which I think is an important part that I'm going to bring up in a minute. Mm. Uh, yeah, so you can put them down to stop other people and give you a bit of board dominance. So combat happens when you're in the same space as another player. Um, and it goes on a like a rock, paper, scissor style system with a different type of weapons you can have. Uh, any weapon will do damage to the other person. That's great. However, there are three different kinds. There are melee, there are area weapons, and there are ranged. And if you're... And melee beats area, area beats range, range beats melee. Mm. So if you're fighting... If somebody uses a melee on you... 
The next one you want to use is a ranged, because that's the one that has advancement over the melee. You then get to do the power action of your weapon, yeah. which is a slightly bigger boost, which just gives this game a little extra kind of bounce to it. So you'll go around the board, you'll do all that stuff, you'll do your one actions at a time. Hopefully you screw up somebody else's programming so their entire <laughs> turn goes to pot, which is always funny. That's the oh, whole yes. point of a programming game. If it happens every single turn, I could see some people losing it quite severely. <laughs> but this is only a one-hour game, and it's about mechs fighting, so just relax. Uh, and then, at the end of the second and fourth and sixth round of this six-round game, you will score victory points. And you will do that, as I said before, for things like the mines and turrets that you have on the, on the field and how many different zones that you own and at the end of the game you will score them again and they each have a little number on the bottom as well which tells you how many points you're going to get plus if anyone got their hands on that mighty mech you're going to get yourself three extra points because that's always nice and every single unit of damage you do to other people in this game because it's all about the fighty fight they give you victory points too yeah and so that's um, something else about this game is it has an area control element because you have a control over the square that you're in mm -hmm. when you move away if you leave something else of yours there behind you maintain control over it but then if someone else moves in and they happen to shoot up your turret and have it still not be have it not be there anymore you then lose control and the, because the um the tiles are worth different amount of points or the tiles the cards are worth different amount of points sometimes you can actually just get a lot of points by going around, dropping your little mines, dropping your little turrets, and then getting the hell out of there and going and attacking someone and stopping them from getting back in where you left those things behind. So that was the thing that I wanted to bring up. The biggest kind of, I don't want to say a shock, but the biggest mm -hmm. surprising thing about this game was that all the different tiny epic games, they're all completely different. Mm. Apart from the fact that the size of the box is the same and they use these cool meeples, they're all completely different styles of games. None of them are as similar as another. So this game, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, you're in, you get into cool mechs, you've got cool weapons, and you fight each other, which you do do, and that is a thing that will be people will be drawn to it, because that's a cool thing to do. Yep. However, it's much, much, much more Euro than I expected it to be. Yeah, it's not just like another, uh, oh, we shouldn't mention that game, but Fragged. Was which, it ad Adrenaline? The adrenaline. Other where the it other is one. just, yeah. yeah where you, it's like a video game where you're running around shooting, yeah. and you're scoring points for knocking out other people yeah it's a bit of capture the flag yeah. it's a bit of um, base defense all kind of at the same time so when i say that people are just like oh lots of euro stuff yeah you're still in big mech suits doing lots of shooting so mm. and also some of these games as i said can be a bit more on the complicated side even though they are small whereas this one once you've got your head around what you're doing okay every round i'm programming four different things putting them down these are worth this many points. I want to try and shoot people up. That's it. That's all there is to it. Yeah. I've just explained the game in like a couple of minutes and then you're away. So I was amazed at how much I enjoyed this game because I thought it was going to be relatively basic. But like a lot of these games, I should have known better by now after playing like 10 of them that there's so much more bang for your buck and so much more interest than just what it looks at. Yeah, and there's a lot of variety in the weapons. As you said, not only are there the three different types, but they've all got fancy names. They all got sort of like special abilities. And the fact that you, as you said, you when you're in your normal form, you can only use two. Mm. But if you can get in the big mechy thing then you can use four and so do you know do you buy an extra one in the hope that you might get into that mickey armor or not yeah it, th th there's a few wrinkles there that make it uh, quite different um 
And there are obviously a little bit of kind of hidden scoring at the yeah. end because you don't know what the number is on the bottom of the turrets. Yeah. But other than that, you can kind of figure out what's going on. And four players is a probably the any type of game like this is the number that you want because odd numbers, you could get that possible ganging up type style. Whereas four, we all kind of interacted with each other at various different forms. And like I said, you can throw people off their programming as well, which is always fun to do. Yeah. Now, Leon. Yes. I'd, at this stage, normally, I'd, I'd like to have a bit of a rant right. about what's wrong with this game. Yeah. But I can't, I can't find that much. No, it's, it's, it's good. It's ha- much better than we expected yeah. it to be. However, yeah. there is something I do want to have a rant about. Oh, cool. So, Tiny Epic Galaxies, that would be my favourite one. A lot of people's favourite one. Yeah. It's the only game to get... Or def- I got an expansion. I don't know if I've got a sequel or not, but it's the one that had the most kind yeah. of follow-up afterwards. Yeah, and look... As I do like to sometimes, I like to get into the weeds of the Board Game Geek rankings. Oh, gosh. So, Tiny Epic Galaxies, Leon? Yeah. You want to have a rough guess where you think that might sit in the Board Game Geek overall rankings? Overall? Yeah. Uh, have a punt. 300-something. Oh, so close. Really? 288. Nice. Now... Tiny Epic Mechs, I reckon, you know, it's not far off, Tiny Epic Galaxies. As you said, maybe not quite as popular, maybe hasn't been around as long. You want to take a guess where Tiny Epic Mechs sits in the Board Game Geek rankings? Well, in because of that case, uh, <laughs> uh, probably, it's normally a jump. Like, you're just like, oh, if it's not in the top 100, it's probably in like three or 400. If it's not in that, it's probably it's probably like 3,000 or something like that. So it's a very good year, 1950. Right. Okay. And Tiny Epic Dinosaurs. Have you heard anything about that at all? Uh, I can't remember. I think I, I definitely must have skipped that one, I must well, say. It's a that's number 1,025. Okay. Tiny Epic Quest is 830. Yep. Tiny Epic Zombies is 1,087. Huh. These things are all over the place. Um, yeah, Galaxies I knew was definitely the most... Um, yeah. Tiny Epic Pirates... 2,233. So perhaps we dodged a bullet on that one. And as we said, Tiny Epic Dungeons, which is one you're going to have shortly and we're going to get to later, Mm. um, number six on the BGG hotness. Now, of course, the hotness is mostly about the anticipation of people getting the games. But, you know, that means a lot of people are looking forward to it. But just the fact now that, you know, here in Australia, like, people have got to the point now where you can travel to go to friends' houses and play stuff. The fact that a game like that, in this small little box, but with so much competition, has pumped itself up that high, is really, really promising. Will it be any good or not? It's kind of hard to say, but I think... Gameland games, whether some of their games might not be your cup of tea or not, they do seem to learn from past experiences yeah. with doing different things. So I think, it, I don't know if it'll be a winner or not, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Well, look, we all enjoyed Tiny Epic Mechs, that's for sure. As I said, not only did I play it with you and Garth and a few others, but then yep. Joel heard about it. Yeah. Um, and because he is of the ilk of Fragged and Adrenaline, those yep. sort of video game-type uh, games, he bought it. He loved it, and he actually told me he's played it with a few other non-gamers as well, that it were just blown away. I could very easily say that. We, we haven't played this in... This was literally months ago yeah. we played that, and those rules I said to you, I didn't really have to research yep. them because I remembered, oh, yeah, there was four cards and it was programming and you got points. Yeah, I pretty much remembered it all. Yeah. So I could play it like right now, which yep. is... For me, astonishing, because I can't remember what I did yesterday. Actually, I know. I worked, because that's all I do at the moment. <laughs> well, there you go. So, well, look, we aren't sponsored by Gameland Games at all. Um, no, not yet. You did. You did. 
Well, can always hope. Yeah. Um, you did buy your own copy of this, so you know this is not 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 pay for comment. Mm. But we did all very much enjoy tiny epic mechs, <laughs> tiny epic mechs. And on that note, Leon, yes, I think we might take a break, have a song, take a breath, and we'll come back and talk about a game that's not so tiny. You're with the Diceman Cometh here on Edge Radio, ninety nine point three FM. Hey, this is Dan May. I'm the creative director at Starling Games and the creator of Polyhero Dice. And you're listening to The Dice Man Cometh. I've listened to the guys' ideas about creating their own games. One on a very long drive back from uh, BorderCon was a uh, legacy game about wallpapering. It's not bad, actually. Lovely stuff. That was Phoebe Bridges with Garden Song on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Man Cometh. And that song is also dedicated to our good friend Garth because it's the Garden Song because he should be out in his garden fixing it up because he's got bugger all else to do. <laughs> now, Leon. Yes, sir. From something tiny yes. and epic mm-hmm. to something massive and even more epic. I would say so. So this game that we're about to talk about next. Yes. This is a game both hotly anticipated by you and I. Yes. Because I remember, mm. I can't remember when because it seems like such a long time ago, but I remember the the prequel to this game yes. being, was it my number one game of I think it, all of us, it was time? very high up there. If it wasn't your number one, I think it was my number one or number two. It was very, yep. very high up. Yep. And the game we're talking about, of course, is mm. Nemesis yeah. by Awakened Realms, designed by Adam Kwapinski. Mm-hmm. Uh, Awakened Realms in Poland, mm-hmm. I believe, which is quite close to Ukraine. So I hope they're safe too. Yes, hopefully. Um, now, of course, you have just received and played in a very quick manner yep. your copy of the sequel, yes. Nemesis <coughs> Lockdown. Yes, I didn't say the cuckoo on the bomb. <laughs> yes. But I have to pull you up there, Marky yeah. Boy, even though you've been doing this a long time, you're a bit of an expert. Mm-hmm. It's not a sequel. No, 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 no. That's where a lot of people might fall down on this yeah. because it is a standalone expansion. The reason I say that instead of it being a sequel is because it's not changed heaps mm. since the last one, which is why we're not spending an entire episode talking yeah. about it like we did the first time because that game was so good. Because if you want to hear about thoughts on the system in general of this game, go back to that episode. A much better podcaster would have found out what ne- <laughs> number that was, but you can go back. It, it was must under- be a while back. Well, not yes. really, because we didn't do this for like a year, so it was probably like late 200s. Either which way. So you can go back there and listen to our thoughts. Yeah. So this one is just a bit more of what does the new one, the new expansion, bring to the table. And look, we thought, Leon, mm-hmm. we thought we'd have a bit of fun with this because... You've prepared Tiny Epic Mix. Yeah. I've prepared the game that we're hopefully going to have enough time to talk about later. Yes. So rather than one of us prepare another game, we mm. thought, or I thought at least, and now I'm going to surprise you with it. Lovely. I thought I'm going to hit you up with some Q&A. In fact, I'll do the Q. Right. You'll do the A. Considering you haven't had a chance to play it yet, I think that's the correct way around yeah, of doing yeah. it. Well, you know, I am a huge Nemesis fan. Yes. And... When it comes to thematic board games, I don't know what it is on the old BGG list, but for me, 
It's not far off number one with a bullet. It's so, so good. Well, Leon, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, the original Nemesis game is yep. overall on Board Game Geek ranked number 17. Okay. I mean, it's pretty high up. Very, there. very high, sure. However, yeah. this is where I have a problem. It's ranked thematic game number nine. Now, I don't think there are eight games that are more thematic than Nemesis. If it, if it's not in the top three or four, I... I, I, I reckon at the end of this little Q and A, we can get that list up yeah. and we can we can give it a, have a yell at those games. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, now the interesting thing though is uh-huh. Nemesis in its position of uh, seventeen, with however many thousand rankings it's got. The average ranking of Nemesis, yep, eight point four. Right. You want to know what the average ranking of Nemesis lockdown is? I'm going to take a stab and say maybe it's a little bit lower because people might be a bit. I don't want to say the word upset, but people are just like, oh, this is so much like the original, I'm a bit let down by it. Well, no, you're wrong. Ah, lovely. It's 8.6. Well. And if you want to know mm-hmm. what makes up the game that's 8.4, you can listen back to the Dice Men Cometh episode 287. Excellent, Mark. You had that written down the whole time. You that's were just right. dragging well, me along. You did not look that up on the fly at we'll all. Edit in post so that we say the number before we say we don't know the number. Yeah, sure, because we're definitely going to be bothered doing that. But yes, yeah, so if the ratings stay up there, uh-huh. there is a chance that this game may overtake the other one. However, I do remember a conversation many years ago where I predicted that based on the rankings of a certain game about a certain continent that came after the first six continents, <laughs> that it's, it was on the trajectory to pass Gloomhaven as the top game of all time. <laughs> we all know where that ended up, don't we? Yeah, it ended up in the old uh, sale portfolio, <laughs> I believe. Just about. Mm. Anyway, we're talking about Nemesis Lockdown. Yes. So, Leon, break it down for me. Break it on down. What are the three oh, <laughs> the three key differences you think mm-hmm. between Nemesis and Lockdown? Okay. Oh God. You've got him on the spot. You now. have got me on the spot. All right. The biggest mechanical difference mm-hmm. is the electricity or the power. Oh. See, this game is set on Mars. And thematically, it's very clever. It's actually set after the original game. Mm. And I'll get to the why in a little bit. So it's set on a space station on Mars. So, And there's four different... Oh, sorry, there's three different levels to this facility. Mm-hmm. And you can put get power to each of them, as well as an elevator, which takes you to them. So at various points in the game, you can go to like the generator room and try to bump up your power or do other stuff to turn power on or off in certain sections. Okay, And it drastically changes the way that attacking um, with the big bads as well as the event deck changes the way that the game works because when they come at you or events happen when you're in darkness, Mm -hmm. it's very bad. So that's the big number one change. Okay, cool. Uh, When it comes to number two in the original, uh, I said because you're on a big old spaceship, you had the destination for where that spaceship was going to go and you had to try and find out information throughout the game to figure that out because... It could go to somewhere that ruins your chances of winning the game. Mm-hmm. That has been replaced on this occasion with a contingency plan. Is that because you know where Mars is going? Yes, it, Mars it, is staying on Mars. Staying Mars. However, the evil corporation, as there always is in sci-fi yeah. alien games, they have a contingency plan for this base if something goes awry. Ooh. So you need to figure out what that is because that could also come back and bite you in the butt. Mm. Um, one other thing that I guess is kind of the bigger one 
is that in the original game, there was computers you could go to and do certain things. That's been bumped up quite a bit on this because, again, you're at a space station. A lot of computers around there. So in this case, there's a whole deck of different cards when you can go to a computer, and it shows you, and one of them is face-up. It shows you three different actions you can take on a computer in given places. However, you want to make sure that power's on, Mark, because you ain't using a computer without power because that is science. Yeah, okay. All right, so... They sound like three pretty cool differences so far. Mm-hmm. What I want to know, I do remember from the Kickstarter, and you know what? I backed this on Kickstarter. Yeah. I did the great thing that you can do with Kick, oh, GameFound, I should say, that yeah. you can do on crowdfunding sites. I backed it for a dollar. Yeah. Because I thought, oh, I'm really keen to get it. And then I just looked and went, yeah, I've spent... What two hundred and fifty odd dollars on Nemesis? Yeah, and more than that on Lockdown, and more than that on some other games. And so the one I've still got one dollar in the bank in the Nemesis Lockdown bank there on GameFound <laughs> that I never got to spend. But that's okay. Yeah. One of the things I was quite interested in is there's a whole new roster of characters, isn't there? There certainly so is. So tell me a little about the characters, and are there any really interesting ones? Well, the reason I said before about how this game is set after the other ones, one of the characters that uh, I've only played this the once so far, I must say, but we're going to play it many more times. We'll probably talk about this again once yep. you and Garth have had a chance to play it. Uh, one of the characters I hadn't used yet was a character called the Survivor. Her story is she was on the original Nemesis ship, ah, and now yeah. she's made it onto Mars. Yep. So she is... I mean, she's not Ellen Ripley, but she's she's Ellen Ripley. That's <laughs> yeah. that's what she is. Yeah. She, she's a badass. She knows what the story is. And also, one of the things that her character does is that the same as the first game is that you can do various different information gathering on these aliens by finding you know their eggs and yep. corpses and stuff like that. She starts out with knowing one of their weaknesses straight away Ooh. because she's dealt with things. They're not the exact same aliens. They're okay. different. They're called Night Stalkers instead of uh, intruders, but they're basically exactly the same. Yeah, okay. She's dealt with these big bads before. Yeah. So she's one of them. There is another character who also has a bit of information called the Lab Rat, who has lived very much in this kind of similar situation, dealt with these kind of things before, but they've brought her to this lab and had experiments done yeah. on her. So it's it's Newt. It's, it's, it's Newt. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> theme happening here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, there is a janitor who is the character that I played as, the wise old janitor, Scruffy. <laughs> uh, that's who I played as. And he had some pretty cool things like he could use computers even if there wasn't power in the area yeah. because he's a janitor. He knows how to get things done. And he was really good at getting things repaired and getting things sorted out. And he knew the layout of the base because he had the blueprints of the base you know, in his little janitor's shed. Okay. Now, because I'm a dog fan, yep. I seem to remember there's like a, a dude and a dog, isn't there? One of them? Uh, I don't remember seeing a dog. I Am could I be mistaken? completely wrong. Well, there is a sentry. The sentry might have a dog. As in, like a soldier dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, again, didn't use that character, okay. so I can't tell you. But however, and then I think there's there's like a there's the CEO who has like a robot helper that helps them walk. Isn't there, there is a xenobiologist. Oh, I'm, oh, you know why I'm getting confused? You're getting confused with aftermath. Aftermath. Yeah, sorry. Which was the kind of yeah. little expansion to the well, original. I'll, I want to get to that later. Yeah, too, yeah, okay, can. yeah. So there is the sentry, which is like a soldier. The xenobiologist, which again is a science lady that knows all type of stuff. And then there is a hacker that you'll never guess what they do. They're really good at hacking lots of stuff. Ah, I thought you could yeah. say they ride, ride a skateboard around the place. Oh, yeah, because they're cool like that as well. <laughs> uh, and there's also a, a space raccoon, which isn't a character that you can play as. Oh. It's just the new first player marker. Oh, there was okay. a space cat in the original. Yeah. Now you've got a space raccoon on oh, Mars. Awesome. Now, you mentioned the alien. Yeah. 
But similar to the first game, you can get more than one type of alien, can't you? Yes, in the first game, you could get the expansions where you could got got the Carnomorphs, mm-hmm. which were like the Dead Space Aliens, or you could get the Void Seekers, yeah. which were like the Event Horizon kind of mind screw yeah. type ones. Uh, in this new one, there are it's like plant fungus type thing that's in the expansion yeah. that I haven't had a chance to play with, but they make the game. I don't want to say much more complicated, but there's definitely a lot more rules when it comes to them because they just kind of squidge out along the base. And I think all of them are connected to one central being and they're just like tentacles and stuff going all out through the base and lots of different spores and things, which does look very cool. Yeah, I remember in the campaign that it had this thing where like all the minis like fit together to make one big massive, like big planty Day of the Triffids type thing. Indeed you do. Okay, cool. Um, Now... You said the location, it's set on Mars, there's multiple levels. Mm-hmm. However, something, I have all these vague memories from this, uh, this <laughs> uh, crowdfunding campaign. Something about vehicle or vehicles? There is a vehicle thing. There are two sides to this board because double-sided board technology. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a chance to play on the other side, which does have a bit more outsidey vehicle-y stuff. Okay. So I can't actually, I'm afraid, again, I've done bad research no, by no, not playing good. this game multiple times yet. <laughs> um, but in the base game where you play it, there is a vehicle that you need to get on to get yourself to a safety bunker. Ah. Because in this version of the game, there is three different ways you can be safe. There is uh, pods, much like in the first game, escape pods you can mm-hmm. get yourself into and get flying off. There is a bunker which opens up at a certain point during the game, mainly when the self-destruct is triggered uh. or if somebody is killed. You can get on that rover outside and get to the safe bunker. However, okay. if that happens, the rover stays at the bunker uh. and you have to find a way to use a computer to get it auto-driven back to the location to get going, or there is an isolation room Ooh. which is in the facility, which is, I believe, where the survivor starts because it's like her prison cell. Okay. So she might want to get back there after doing a few little tidbits. Yeah. Okay, so obviously you've got limited information at this stage, but tell me why do you think someone would play this and not play the original? Uh, I guess... I don't know. To be honest, I don't think anyone is going to go, I hate one, I absolutely love the other one. The small change that they've made, it might be just, it could be for somebody else, maybe a big deal. Like maybe that power thing they really, really like. Whereas like in the base game, not having that kind of, you know, they thought, oh, that's a bit silly. That, That would be like, what would happen? But yeah, no, they are very similar. Hence why I said it's not really a sequel, it is more of a standalone expansion. So there's a great talk about it recently on a um, Dice Tower Top 10, yes. which they did with a Mr. Trey Parker from oh, South Park fame. Yes. They all, all assumed that he was going to have Nemesis on his Top 10 because it featured in an episode of South Park yes, it did. that had a big Brighton, but I think it was the game that I noticed the most in yep. that episode for sure. And he said that it wasn't because it's a game that he really wants to love, but the fact is that there's a lot of randomness in it, which is true. There is mm-hmm. a lot of randomness in it. And he just he just can't get into it, even though it's very, very thematic, which was his kind of thing. He loved games that were thematic and creative. He just couldn't get into it, which I completely understand because this is not a short game. It never has been. Mm. It takes a bit to set up, and then it takes, we're talking, three four hours to play. Although every game I've played of it, it's gone by in a breeze because I've enjoyed it so yeah. much. However, I know a lot of people out there are probably going to be annoyed with me about this. That the game Battlestar Galactica, which a lot of people hold near and dear to their heart. Oh, yes. Yes. I've played that twice. And both times I've played it. I must admit the first time, I did find it hard to wrap my head around the rules. I don't know why, I just didn't. And the first time we played, it was like three hours something into the game. Yeah. 
and there was these two big Cylon attacks that happened right after each other and pretty much wiped out the entire ship and the game was over. Yeah. And I was like, they could have come out in turn one and this game would have been over. <laughs> a game that's this long shouldn't yeah. have that much randomness. Mm-hmm. However, I have come around to a different side of thinking now that I've played a game like Nemesis that does have that kind of randomness because I feel that there is there is ways to mitigate it, as there is in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. But also, I guess I just didn't, don't care, to yeah. be honest, because I'm enjoying the way that this game works and works so well. It's like if you play a role play, a role-playing game for say, 10 sessions, yep. and in the 10th session, you die. Yeah. You don't go, well, that was a waste of time. You go, no. man, what an epic story that was. Yep. And I know for me, look, I am a super fan of games with elegant mechanics that really get you thinking. You're trying to unlock the puzzle that's in there. You're thinking about, well, next time I play, I'm going to do this and this and this. But what's the story of the game? What What narrative unfolds as you play the game? It's... Well, Garth got ahead, everyone picked on me, no one looked at what Garth was doing, and then Garth won. That's what usually happens. Yeah. Um, Well, I'll give you a, for instance, I'll tell you the story of the game we played. Yeah. We played a three-player game. I played as the janitor, our friend Aiden, he played as the the lab rat. Uh, My other friend Adam, he played as the hacker. Uh, Aiden got very much eaten. Very, very early on, the lab rat surely did not survive of an mm. attack. I got, as the janitor who knew the facility better than most, I got into a skate pod and got out there as soon as possible. <laughs> as you would. Uh, but one of my special conditions was that the uh, that the base had to survive uh. because the contingency plan of the corporation was like, there's valuable information on there. We don't care about this so-called aliens. We want it to survive. Yep. So I had to just, it was a 50-50 what the rest of them did, but I could get out of there. I'd done all my other stuff. I had to take that chance. So Aiden was already done because he was dead, I'm afraid. Uh, So it was left down to Adam. So Adam played about the last four or five rounds of this by himself, which was really interesting, me and Aiden just sitting there watching him doing it, trying to figure out what he was going to do. And he did all the stuff that he needed to do, got himself into that bunker Mm -hmm. when the game finished and it self-destructed. So Aiden didn't win because he got eaten. I didn't win because Adam put the base to self-destruct. However, the contingency plan was that you needed to know more information about the aliens, more research, which Adam hadn't done and didn't realise. So thematically, what we're saying is that he got to the bunker, said to everyone, everyone's been killed by aliens, and all the people in there went, you're just making that up. Show us some evidence. And he couldn't, so they murdered him. (laughs) We made that bit up, but the rest of it made perfect sense. And we thought, that's that's a film right there. Uh, And that's the thing, like, there's a story that unfolds, and you just get sucked into it. And as you said, look... Yes, this game's going to take three or four hours, but it flies by. You have so many laughs along the way. You never really want to punch Garth more than once. It's just a great experience. certainly is. It's definitely about... I mean, the destination is cool, but it's a game where it's all about the journey as well. Now, one final question. Indeed. So I've seen people, I've seen so many people, in fact, I've been blown away. But I've seen people with the base game. Yes. They make these amazing 3D printed versions of the ship. Yeah. You know, so that the miniatures and the aliens can move around inside it. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Huge amount of trouble. Now, well, firstly, I'm never going to do that because I don't have a a 3D printer. But you mentioned to me in, in the first game, and I haven't done this, how you can play Nemesis. Yep. And then you go into Aftermath. Aftermath. Yeah, which is brilliant. Which is sort of like the 
epilogue uh-huh. at the end. Yep, you set the board up the way that it was previously, and you play as like bounty hunter scrounger guys coming in after the main game, which, yep. which you kind of think, we've just played a four-hour game. Yep. Do we don't want to play another two-hour game, which you do because this game is so good. And again, thematically, that's, that's the perfect sequel to this film. It makes perfect sense. Well then, Leon. Yeah. Is it possible, and do you think people will try it, yep. to play Nemesis... Which then leads into Aftermath, which then leads into Nemesis Lockdown as one big game. Uh, yes, there are different... You can't use everything in everything. There are definitely kind of limitations on certain things. Yep. Like, the biggest example I'll give you is that you can't use... Well, you, you can, because there's ways you could work around it, I'm sure. But officially, you can't use the new characters in Lockdown yep. in the base game. And that's only because the cards they have... Yeah. Like, for instance, my janitor, like I said, you can use the computer if the power's off. That has no bearing in the original yeah. game. However, those characters from the original game and from Aftermath, you can use all of them in Lockdown. <gasps> as well as all the aliens in the original, even the expansion ones, Ooh. you can use all of them in lockdown. Oh, that's clever. So you can pretty much use nearly everything yeah. in the lockdown setting. There's some stuff you can kind of backdate to the original, but, okay. not, but not as much. Yeah. But I'm sure that they'll find a way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I can just see people putting a massive 10, 12-hour game together of that. Just because, as we said... There are so many diehard fans of this out there. You know, you just got to look at those 3D printed game boards as an example. People do love this game. I mean, we love this game. We hardly ever stop talking about it. Yeah. Even though we've only played the main game a handful of times. Yeah. It just, it's the sort of game that sticks in your memory. It's in the top left-hand corner of my Galax, in my collection. And I know I've said this before and sometimes gone back on my word, uh, but I, I can't imagine getting rid of this for any reason, at the moment in time anyway. That's where mine is too. Huh? With my Tainted Grail neatly underneath. There you go. And then all the rest of those other Awakened Realms games that I have. <laughs> Leon, it sounds like I need to play Lockdown. Yeah, soon. we're definitely going to, except we can't do it at the moment because Garth is, ironically, in Lockdown. Oh, <laughs> uh, there you go. Well, look, um, it's great to catch up with that one anyway. I'm sure we're going to come back to it at some stage. It'll be interesting to see where it ends up in the spectrum of the Board Game Geek rankings. I'm sure some of those average ratings will drop off because all the super keen people have been playing it now. And obviously they've been waiting for quite some time because I think there are a few shipping delays, as there is pretty much with everything that comes through a crowd a crowdfunding campaign now. But, Leon, mm-hmm. let's take a very short break. Indeed. And we'll come back and talk about our third game of the show. So, you are with the Dice Men Cometh on Edge Radio, 99.3 FM. Hello, I'm Colby Dowk, Studio Manager at Plat Hat Games, and you're listening to the Dice Men Cometh. That was a thing, and I've got the wrong... Oh my god, I'm, it's okay. I'm terrible radio man, what am I doing? I really don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> ah! We'll edit that out. No, we won't, because it's funny. That was the namesakes with Supercomputer, who are a Tasmanian local act. Woohoo, Tassie! Indeed, here on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Man Cometh. Now, Mark, quickly before you jump into that hot little uh, party game that we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. we forgot to mention these other eight games that are supposedly better theme-wise than Mr. Nemesis. Now, looking at them... Oh, God... I mean, well, number eight 
we talked talked about that what, Do, two weeks ago about how unthematic it was. Dune Imperium, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say it's a thematic game. It's not higher than Nemesis though. Clank Legacy haven't had the pleasure pleasure yet, although I've been told it's very cool. Yeah, look, very popular. Star Wars Rebellion, I'll give you Star Wars yep. Rebellion. Yep. That should be up there. War of the Ring, I'll also give you that. It's basically Star Wars Rebellion, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> Twilight Imperium, I, I'll give you that. I yeah. don't think it should be higher than Nemesis, but I do loves it. Yeah. Uh, Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven's just up there because people love Gloomhaven. Same as number two, which is Pandemic Legacy Season 1, is up there because people love Pandemic Legacy. But from a thematic sense, I don't think... Well, look, Gloomhaven has theme, but the probably the saddest part of Gloomhaven is that the story isn't that great. Yeah. Like, the gameplay is fantastic. I love it. But the, but the story and the story that takes you from, um, you know, quest to quest to quest... Do you remember any of it? I certainly don't. No, I don't. And just flicking through these now, just going through the list, the one that we went on for ages about saying it's the most thematic game we've ever played, which yeah. was that great World War One classic, The Grizzled, mm-hmm. nowhere to be seen. No. Only because that game wasn't, you know, insanely popular as these yeah. others. So, you know, we talked about, you know, it's a popularity contest because, well, I guess that's how anything works. Yes. <laughs> so it might necessarily be true. But uh, yeah, Nemesis should be number one. But we're not talking about that anymore. We're talking about an awesome party game. We are. That party game, Leon, mm-hmm. is, it's so clever that they've called it so Clover, <laughs> I get it. Uh, designed by Francois Romain, it's their first board game design that we know of, and published by Repost Productions. Now, why has it got such a weird name? Because you've got these four-leaf clover boards. Now, for anyone who maybe listened a while back and heard Garth and I talking on ABC Radio, mm-hmm. I talked about this game a little bit, and I really struggled with how to describe what this game is. Yeah, I've worked on it a little bit. Ooh, so. So ABC Radio, that's just your test run. Yeah, people on the true. podcast and Edge, they get the real proper exactly. professionalism. So you have a four-leaf clover board. Excellent. Everyone knows what a four-leaf clover looks like. And it seats four square donut cards. So imagine a donut, <laughs> but square. Yeah, okay. That's the shape of these cards. Or a square with a hole in it, sure. Yes, and they form a two-by-two two square. So two at the top, two at the bottom, that sit on the four-leaf clover board one card on each leaf of the clover, and these cards that are two by that have a, a square donut, <laughs> they have four words around the four sides. So if you think about that, four cards, four words on each card, you've got multiple combinations that you can put these cards down mm-hmm. on the four-leaf clover board. In fact, you get four pairs of words around the outside like Buffalo Girls. And so what you do, everyone takes their four-leaf clover board. Everyone gets four cards and they randomly put them onto the donut board. So you've got four pairs of words around the outside. Then you get, Leon, one of our favorite gaming components, uh-huh. a dry erase marker. Oh, yeah. And on each of the outside of the leaf of the clover, four of them I mentioned, you write a word that pairs the two words on two separate cards. So if I had thematic on one card and game on the second card then i might use the word nemesis to link those two very clever or if i had like coffee yeah and donut i might write morning or policeman or or homer (laughs) yes exactly um but then what you when everyone does that writes their four words what you do is you take the cards off no mark why have you done that You flip the boards over. Crazy talk. Just because it's weird. You take a fifth card. Oh, no. 
you shuffle that the five cards together. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm going first, and I believe they call this roll the spectator, but I don't know why. I guess you just look on. Well, you do. Yeah. It's you pass your board mm-hmm. with the words written on it, and you pass the five cards shuffled to the rest of the group, and their job is to rearrange the cards back on the board in the same order that you had them. But remember... Yeah. There's a fifth card added. It's crazy! Yeah, there's 20 words for them to try and figure out these different pairs to the words you've written down on the little board. Yeah, so then they basically talk amongst themselves to put the cards back in the correct sequence. You get one chance to get it right, then you go, okay, we're done, after much discussion. And then the spectator looks at it and goes, yeah, you're right. And I think if you're right, you get six points. And we'll talk about why I'm not really sure about the points in a moment. Nah. But if you haven't got it right, the spectator takes off the ones that are wrong. You get another crack. And then... Slightly less points. You get slightly less points for doing Whether that. you get it right or wrong. And then yeah. you move on to the next person, scoring points as you go around. But again, like any good party game that anybody out there will tell you, who cares yeah. about the points? Well, look, I mean... The thing that I, and in fact, the thing that a lot of other reviewers who I've looked at their reviews because I do my research, (laughs) um, the first point we raise is, is this even a game? It it is up there with the activity type of scenario. However, other games in that kind of scenario are games like, say, Telestrations or games like, say, Time Up, Time's Up slash Monikers. This is the game that I would compare to them or Repo's other successful Smash It Party game, Just One. You would compare it to that as well. Um, That those games, not necessarily Just One, but those other games are hilariously fun. And this game is just that. Whether it's an activity or not, the hilarity ensues. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, so the you, the funny combos that you think go together, and as the spectator, you're there trying to do a sort of a, a non-verbal face palm, an internal face palm, yep. when you see how they've managed to link words together. It is hilarious. So, look, is it a game or an activity? Who cares? Yep. It is a lot of fun. For people who enjoy your different word games, and as you said, Leon, it probably leans more towards something like a code names than it does towards just one, the other game by repost, because of the word combos mm-hmm. as opposed to just trying to think of one word. But it, as we found, it's the sort of thing you play around and you go, that was fun, let's go again. And you know, you could play this game for an hour, 90 minutes, have lots of fun. You can play it with virtually anyone. You don't need to know anything about games. I think, I mean, I was going to say, I think it's going to be a sleeper hit, but I think it's already gone past that. No, it to was be really popular. It was kind of a sleeper hit when, and that like, it kind of came out and a lot of people didn't know, oh, it's a new game by Repos. Yeah. Okay, cool. And because I'd first heard about it, I think uh, it was the Dice Tower or somebody reviewed it, and I was like, okay. And then I saw it and went, oh, I've got to give that a try. And in between seeing that review and, oh, I've got to give that a try, it's everyone's hotness is shot right up there. I think, it's funny I should say this, I think if it had a better name, Eh. maybe it'd do better. But then again, just one, that's not a great name. But I know for me, like, I'm about to go out and buy my own copy of this game, even though you've got it. Yeah. um, Because it's the sort of game... You know, when friends come over, gaming friends or non-gaming friends, and you're looking something just to kill some time, mm. well, you can pull out just one. You can pull out code names. I might be tempted to pull this out. And you can play, th- play this with two, three, four, whereas just one, I have played it with 
four, but it really works better with like five or six, because the more people you have, the more chance you get of your, your clues being knocked out in that game. Whereas this, you can actually play it with two people. I, I don't know where they recommend it, but you certainly no. can play it with two. But it's still funny to see what kind of how people's minds work differently. Yeah. Like, I can't remember most of them. Like a good stand-up comedy show, you go out of it going, oh, I laugh so much, I can't remember a single yep. word that was just said. Yep. But one of the ones that will stick with me, probably to my grave, was when we played this the first time again with my friend Adam, and one of the key combinations we were like, it ended up being was best... Uh, he had mango written up the top, <laughs> and it ended up being best melon. <laughs> and this was like late at night after we'd played something else. To, this was like yeah. 12 o'clock at night. And we were just like, best melon? Does he think mango is his best melon? <laughs> and that conversation went on for yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. And it turns out, absolutely, he did. He does. Yeah. He does think. Yes. And it turns out, mangoes are a melon, I googled soon after. Uh, that Look, that's funny. Now, this, this game, as you said, um, I think anyone can play it. I think absolutely. anyone will have fun with it. You know what, Leon? Yes. It's lucky that Garth isn't here. Right. Because you and I, mm -hmm. we had one job to do tonight. Yep. Talk about three different games. Oh, yeah. Or more. You know what we've done? We've nailed it. With 30 seconds left to spare, mm. we've done it. Beautiful. So, Garth, take that. Yes. Um, maybe we'll even ask Garth to record a little something we'll add it on in the end of the podcast. Who cares? But anyway, we've had so much fun being here for episode 325, Leon. Mm -hmm. um, and now we're out of time. We've got to go and let the people go to bed, go to work, whatever they do after they listen to our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. We certainly shall. Uh, have a great week and go Ukraine. Bye. Hello, friends. It's Mark here. Just wanted to jump in and let you know that the Dice Men Cometh podcast is available on Spotify. Just in case you didn't know, such a convenient place to listen. We hope you can join us there or anywhere else you like to listen. Thanks so much. Bye. Hey, this is Garth calling in from uh, a few days into a week of quarantine due to a family member testing positive, and we're really going to test out the uh, strength of these vaccines to make sure that we stay fit and healthy so that we can all be out joining society in about a week or a little bit less time. But all this time, I, I hope you were really nice to the boys trying to do an episode without me. It's, it's pretty challenging, so be nice to Leon, be nice to Mark. I'm sure they did the best they can. And I just wanted to let you know that this week away that we're going to have makes me so thankful that we're into this hobby because, wow, what a great opportunity to spend some good quality time with a family playing and learning games. And I just want to say thank you for the perfect timing that uh, Charles and the team at LFG had to deliver me, on behalf of the Dicemen, a whole bunch of review copies of games for my week of isolation. So we've been smashing out already micro macro crime city which i do have to thank leon because he gave that to me living forest a new game that uh, has only just been coming out to, to us and a little bit of a foresty uh, card draft type game that i'm sure mark will like when he gets his hands on that one jabba's palace lovely little uh, redo of love letter has a couple of other wrinkles in there so uh, you want to be either on the rebels or in the, the jabba's side to, to maybe win a couple of those games and umbra via or umbra via a uh, little abstract game about creating paths, which, look, it's interesting. I'll give it that. And uh, I look forward to playing that one again. But they're all been the, the lighter games that we've been getting through. And um, what I'm going to really get into is the, the rule book for Ark Nova. And as try as I might, I can't really see anyone who tells me how long the first game's ever going to take, the learning game, because we'd love to play it on a weeknight, but I'm a bit scared it'll go past my bedtime. 
Anyway, I'm sure you'll hear about us talk about this in future episodes. So look, everyone stay safe out there. Hopefully everyone's lives are going pretty well. Hope Mark and Leon did a good job in this episode. And uh, look, I look forward to rejoining society, all things going well, in a few days' time with some negative tests. So thanks so much for listening to The Dice Men Cometh. Hopefully I'll be back next time. So goodbye. You've been listening to another episode of The Dice Men Cometh, proudly brought to you by LFG Australia. Be sure to check out lfg-oz.com.au for all the details of their online and physical retail store. You can find us at dicemencometh.com or on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. And don't forget, you can support us on Patreon too. Thanks for listening.